Hey, all you Trek Live crew members, this is Trek Live Dan. Just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our YouTube channel, so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion. Without further ado, enjoy the show. We're live for episode 153 of Trek Live. How you doing this morning, Dan? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to... um, do a deep dive into a character spotlight. We've done this before. Um, excited to kind of uh, keep the train rolling, not just with character spotlights, but with um, kind of the the line of topics, the run of topics that we're being going to be doing in the next month. They kind of, if you look pretty close, to kind of this connective tissue. So I'm excited to uh, kick it off. Yeah, it's, it, there's some unconventionalness to it, but time's arrow into data, and then we're kind of doubling back to we're doing a couple of big yeah. two-part uh, episode topics. Uh, so we're kind of all in the same ballpark, uh, going from topic to topic for, for January. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since we did a character spotlight. The last one we did was on, I think, another TNG character. Um Deanna, I want to say? It was Kess, no? I believe. Oh, it might have been Kess. Yes. Okay, all right, yep. yeah. So we've, we've, we've done a handful of these, and I think what I'm going to do is I have a playlist up for a couple of our like running topics. We have one for the, the fantasy drafts that we do, um, the Guess Each Other series, and I think I'm going to go back this week and put together a nice little playlist on the YouTube channel for all our character spotlights. Just kind of make it easy for us even to just kind of like quickly take inventory of who have we done uh who which you know what's our next one uh, it'll make it easy for us and hopefully easy for you as as a viewer potentially to yeah. uh you know hone in on some of those older videos because it goes back a little ways um yeah. been doing these for a little bit so um you know Dave is obviously a, a serious heavyweight in you know star trek's history and I think the thing that attracted us to really dive into him is uh, now there's some new context, even like in yep, this last time. year in 2020 with the card. And uh, yeah, that, with that, I think it, it maybe maybe it may, it's, it's an interesting time to with some reflection on how that show ended and what that show was about and how it uh, dealt with character of data to look at data as a whole now. Yeah. Uh, with that kind of new ending in mind and that Nemesis wasn't the, the last um, thing we see of Dana. Uh, so before we do that, though, as we always do, uh, let's check in on each other's rewatches, uh, where we currently stand, anything we've recently watched. I think last week you talked about... Past tense. Past tense? Yeah. Yeah, so you stopped the past tense. Where, where are you now? <laughs> so I am now at... Um... My next episode uh, is Profit Motive. So okay. uh, I've watched three episodes. I've watched Life Support, Heart of Stone, and Destiny. Um, starting to definitely heat up. So there's those kind of run of episodes uh, I definitely liked. I think probably my favorite out of the three is probably Heart of Stone. Um, I really, really enjoyed the, the Nog stuff. Uh, I always forget about that storyline uh, whenever I go through um, Deep Space Nine. Uh, but the stuff with Odo as well is good. Uh, I really like that as well. You guys know me. I'm a really a, a cheesy kind of shipper at heart, so uh, episode really works for me. Yeah, Hearthstone is really all about um, those two characters, Nog and Odo, kind of like letting loose on 
long held secrets, uh, you know, things they've been holding on to. Um, and you know, two very different characters and two very different things that they're, you know, holding tight that they ultimately end up having to let, let go of. Um, but they're both big steps forward for where those characters are going. And I think they're big, major, um, it's an important episode for, for both of those characters. I think it sets into motion major, major uh, elements of both of their arcs. So, yeah, I, I definitely think you're you're kind of at that point in Deep Space Nine where it's kind of shed its training wheels. It's much more um, its own show at this point. I think yes. it's it's really found its its sea legs and. Uh, in, in the first couple of seasons, uh, th- there were certainly episodes that felt of a piece with episodes from the Next Generation, which was running at the same light. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah shutting like that title that, a little bit. Yeah, there. I think the the kinds of stories that Deep Space Nine's uh, deferring to at this point, where you are in like that run midway point of season three, is far less often uh, stories that feel like it could they could be kind of repackaged and told on the Next Generation. The, the stories feel really specific yeah. to Deep Space Nine and um, and important to Deep Space Nine's overall um, arc. I think all three of the ones you watch, Life Support, is very baked into the the, the sort of the peace big talks. picture story yeah. of Deep yeah. Space Nine and the, the, the Bajorans and the Cardassians with Beryl and Kira and Kai Wynn and negotiating with Cardassians. Like, there's big picture DS9 stuff in that episode. Yes. Um, but it's also a classic Star Trek kind of morality tale about, you know, <laughs> what is life and what, what at what point does, yeah. you know, the, the medical science, uh, you know, kind of replace who this person is, like with uh, artificial, you know, parts, <laughs> basically. Uh, there's some interesting things to, to chew on and think about there. Heart of Stone with character stuff we just talked about. And Destiny is very much about, again, the Bajoran mythology and Cisco's role in it. Um, his comfort level with where he stands in the whole thing is all explored there. So these are very specific DS9 stories that yeah. you just you just hit. Yeah. Um, what about you? For me, I'm I'm uh, into DS9 season two, TNG season seven. Uh, the last things I watched for both were Melora for DS9 season two, which we talked uh, about actually a good bit yeah. on our DS9 season two kind of sum up video, uh, and um, uh, Dark Page for TNG. <sighs> So TNG has been kind of rough going for me in this early part of season seven. I really like Gambit. I'm actually a much, uh, I I asked some questions about phantasms when I did that one um, on Twitter and I got a lot of mixed feedback. A lot of people are not huge on it. It kind of fits into the, the, the kind of mind bleep, uh, the horror kind of episodes like night terrors. And I think people lump it in with like violations and stories like that that get into like, inner psyche psychological thriller kind of thing and i think it's easy to kind of put those together and if you're not into that kind of thing that they're all kind of cool and not not very cold and not successes um that was the impression i was gathering from a lot of the responses on twitter i think my favorite of those bunch of episodes is probably phantasms i think i'm much higher on it than uh, a lot of other people it's not a favorite it's not one of my (laughs) all-timers but um I like that it commits to being completely insane. And, um, <laughs> it, uh, 
it's, it's a little more fun for me than some of those other episodes that I think it's easy to compare it to. So, I, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely like it just because it, it feels like a an extension of, of a really of a dreamscape or like a really yeah. exploring a dream sequence and I think it kind of stays true to that even though it's it's yeah it's completely out the door uh, as far as it being pretty crazy but I guess that's kind of what they're going for with, with dreams and things like that that's how I was always seeing it yeah and it's actually there's some important continuity there too it, it, back in season 6 uh, in Birthright part 1 Data uh, decides to start kind of he finds this program in his own programming that allows him to dream basically and he's, he's been experimenting with yeah. with with that ability uh, to, to like basically deactivate go to sleep and have subconscious things uh, play out in his mind Uh and that's this is a follow-up to that like he's continued to do that and now he's starting to have nightmares and creepy um experiences in that program uh so i think this is speaking of data that we're going to get into here in a second I, I feel like that's one of the one of the cool little serialized elements to his character arc it, you know later in the show he yeah one of one of the things he tries to learn about and experience is, is dreaming and phantasms is definitely a major part of that so um, so let, let's get into the topic at hand and just just talk about data. We don't plan these. We don't we don't do like hardcore scripts and have talking points to come in with. We're just going to kind of talk about data and see where it goes. What, what's on each other's minds? Um, what what are the things that flash into our minds right away? Uh, most prominent thoughts uh, when when we talk about him. So yeah. Um, where does data sit in your like if you're thinking about TNG characters and Star Trek characters as a whole is he you know in the upper tier like does he come to mind right away is he a major major part of Next Generation for you um, is he just part of the ensemble or are you not yeah. fond of him like what, what's your overall kind of impression of data and where he fits into the whole no, I'm a big data fan. I think he's definitely in the top tier as far as TNG characters goes. Um, a lot of fun things to explore. The the outsider um, kind of character type has been done in Star Trek before. Obviously, there's been some great ones. Uh, but with Data, the thing that I really like is uh, he uh, his. Um, just his ability and his want to be able to explore, not just, obviously, as a Starfleet officer, explore everything, but explore himself and explore <clears throat> things, like you said, with the dream stuff. And um, I think what makes that kind of unique uh, to the character, uh, Data being a character, is he he's kind of paired with Picard a little bit, in my opinion, <clears throat> where um, I think both of them are working through um, connecting with people and finding their human side. Um, and yeah. I, I, I really do like that. Um, that's kind of one of the staples of that character is when you pair it with Picard, um, this role model, this, this deep friendship that they have between each other. Uh, them both, especially Data, trying to explore emotions and things like that. I think Picard's doing the same thing. I'm trying not to make this about Picard, but uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll reel back to Data, but um, I think the exploration and that fascination with the human emotion and, and other things that make people human uh, using this character who's an android, um, I think mm -hmm. is just a wonderful, cool thing. So, 
my kind of overall thoughts, I guess. Not yeah, I, I, can't I agree with all that. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think the relationship with Picard has <laughs> obviously shown in Star Trek Picard as how the, it kind of gets to how deep that was and how important it was to Picard um, is, is a clear, important benchmark in any conversation about data. So goes without saying I think and it, it, it merits really exploring that connection um, for, for me I, I, I echo a lot of what you said I think he's definitely a major highlight for me I think if you consider Star Trek to really be about like us about humanity and kind of exploring the basics basically of what makes us good or what can make us good um, Data is like I think the original conceit for him was that he's basically Pinocchio. Like he's he wants to be a real boy, right? He's yeah. he and it's 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 the it's the easiest way to allow for discussions about like well what is being human without being you know uh, cloying and over overly like even even if you're dealing with a child. It, those kinds of conversations don't tend to come in such clean packages like you, kids learn through experience and just kind of absorbing things as they go and they're too young to understand and have these like deep conversations about like what is it like what, what are emotions like how how what, what is being angry what is you know all these things that data gets to explore so the data's presence like what he is allows for these straightforward and complicated discussions about the very, very most basic things about what makes us human to happen. I think it opens the door in a way that could only be done kind of that way without being really, really nails on a chalkboard on the nose uh, to, to have you know a, a dad character sitting with a kid on the on the bed saying, all right, now listen here, Sonny, and go into this long, over-the-top, ridiculous monologue about what emotions are. Like, yeah. that that wouldn't play well, but for whatever reason, Data learning with Picard or learning with Riker or learning with Deanna works. Yeah. So, um, I think... I think... Um, if, if, if you with Star Trek being what it is I think he's an essential essential character that that allows for a lot of the major major um, discussion points to happen yeah in a way that's natural and makes sense so yeah I, I also think he um, there, there is like a one of the one of the things that comes to mind re, because it's recent. There's that episode in Star Trek Picard when uh, Soji asks Picard, like, "Well, what would Data think? What do you think of Data? Like, to uh, least, describe him to me." And he, yeah. he talks about being like a very childlike innocence. Uh, that's very true too. The way he perceives things is very is very much through like the eyes of a. Of a, of a child, somebody who's unimpacted by bias or prejudice or any preconceived notion that was baked in over over the period of time, he's he's incapable of that. Yeah. So that's a that's a refreshing voice to hear as well. Um, there are episodes that I think really put that to the test and explore that uh, in, in a really effective way too. Um, yeah. 
And he's also kind of like the complete mirror image of Spock, too, which is always fun to kind of explore. Spock is half human and it's kind of running from his humanity. You know, he, he, he wants to embrace the, yeah. the unemotional, logical, yeah. you know, completely purge. He, he, he wants to go through the culinar and the motion picture and completely purge emotion and become the perfect Vulcan with, you know, pure logic driving every decision with no, no emotional bias at all. Um, and there's that great scene in Unification 2 where those two characters are together and they talk about that, that they are both kind of the embodiment of what the other wants. Um, you know, Spock kind of wishes he had the ability to shut off emotion the way that Data doesn't have emotion. And Data is striving to be more human and to tap into those humanity, human qualities that Spock has, but kind of resists and is always kind of running away from. So those two characters are really cool ways to explore similar things, but through completely different lenses. Yeah. Uh, they, they go, they go hand in hand very well. And uh, that scene in unification where, where they're together, I think is a, a favorite of mine for sure because of the way that it puts a button on that obvious, um, yeah. two track exploration of humanity. Yeah. We have AKA Mabel in the Periscope room uh, mentioning that, uh, talking about what she watched a lot of TMG season five in anticipation of this episode oh, of our discussion of data. Doesn't think you can summarize data in one sentence. He was comic relief. He was considerate. He had a unique connection with Picard and evolved beyond all of that to become a character that you can, that you not only love, but respected. Um, and then also talks about data needs Picard and Picard needs data. Like you were kind of talking about. Um, so, Definitely agree with all that. Um, yeah. What else comes to mind for for you? Like, are there episodes? Are there <clears throat> scenes? Are there there's know, there's a lot really of drive home. There's a lot of things because I think there's definitely specific episodes, and I and I'd love to talk about specific episodes that come to mind. But there's also specific moments. Uh, no, and so it good. might and it might not be just a, a specifically data episode or specifically this episode. It's just I think the character has such um, just great moments. I forget the name of the episode, but I'm pretty sure that they're in a turbo lift and he's like saying that like yeah your patterns create like a mm-hmm. and it makes he's pretty much telling that he misses them or he he yeah. kind of gets used to them it's just like those little things uh in the turbo lift uh and i i, I don't remember the episode but uh, i those, don't either to be honest with you. those are the the kind of moments and things that i remember uh from data with along with the episodes obviously but um just moments like that too i just really small little things that make them really wholesome and, and uh i don't know feel real i guess yeah, wholesome's a great word for it. Uh, a great descriptor. Um, I think uh, the way AKA Mamel kind of put it too, with uh, so many things at once. Like when I think of data moments, there are comic moments. There are things that are really funny and really light. Um, you, you know, Brett Spiner is obviously an accomplished comedian, and he breaks that to the, the puts that to good use with data at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also really heartbreaking, really uh, dramatic, really powerful stuff too. Um, so he he really touches all corners um, in terms of uh, what <clears throat> what moments really work. Um, yeah, to kind of to kind of double back to that like childlike innocence and that 
you know, lack of bias or prejudice or um, just the lack of emotion, I guess, uh, or being able to process emotion at least. Um, in the at the end of the Measure of a Man, when uh, he goes to, they're, they're having a like a celebration because the, the you know he's obviously won the day. He's not going to be taken apart and taken away from the Enterprise. Yeah. And Riker had to prosecute the case to do that to take him away. Um, so he's he's Riker's feeling guilty and doesn't want to go to the party that they're having. And David goes to get him and says, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, if you if you didn't do what you did. The Admiral would have ruled summarily against me because you refused. So the fact that you did your best and you fought the fight saved my life. And like he cut to the core of like exactly yeah. what the truth was, like how it happened, and said it in such a plain, simple way uh, that Riker was like, you know, I, th- I think he still feels guilty and has is going to have to process what he had to do. But yeah. uh, that, you know, that, that's something that I think most <clears throat> human beings would have a difficult time, <laughs> uh, you know, conveying, dealing with right yeah. away. Yeah. So soon, I, I think <clears throat> most people would have hard feelings <laughs> against the person who prosecuted the case against you. Um, yeah. Against your freedom. Uh, and you know, that, that, that kind of really, I think sells his, um, the most childlike, innocence, forgiveness, uh, all those things that are kind of hallmarks of the character. Yeah. Always been a favorite little moment for me. Um, there are so many. Uh, there, there are things in Gambit that I just watched. Um, he's in command of the ship. Picard and Breaker are both off on this marauder uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, the way Data plays the command role there's like little tid, little tinges of like Patrick Stewart in it. He changes his body language. He he does the little card tug on the Pull uniform. Down. Yeah, <laughs> he, he clearly is like accessing memories of Picard and has a program running full of things that he's like notched in his memory about what what Picard does in certain situations. There's a moment where he <laughs> he like dismisses everybody out of the observation lounge and he just kind of sits there with his hands up, and <laughs> does the whole like I'm. Pondering, it's just so specific, and it's so like it's so clearly. Um, he, he totally sells it. It's like a program running, and he's 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 like gone into a different gear uh, because that it's emulates the, what he's seen. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's putting into some of it's not even like I don't I don't necessarily find like totally recognizable of the card. Some of the way like he even changes the way he speaks. There are things that come out a little a his little different. Is different. He's yeah. talking to work. Yeah. His cadence is different. Yeah, yeah he he changes. Something has, has clicked, and it, some of it doesn't necessarily remind me of a card. But I have in my head like that he's 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 accessing things from like all of his commanding officers, all of the captains he's worked with, yep. respected, and things that he's he's seen are all kind of being put together into this thing that he's at, that he's activated because he's in command now um, and I love that performance from him in that episode I think it's super underrated it's not a data episode um, it's not something that comes to mind like the offspring or the measure of a man or you know time arrow which we talked about last week um, where it's really heavy data on the surface of the a plot but yeah some of Brent Spiner's best stuff I think is is there um, yeah yeah Subtle things like that just really, really flush out and make that character just feel so real and so just all good stuff. 
Right. One of, one of the major uh, discussion points that I think has emerged over the years, um, and maybe it's been around forever, but I, I kind of started absorbing it in, in the last handful of years, um, is the debate of does data have emotions and just doesn't know it? Is, is there just do you do you accept which side of that argument do you find yourself on like when you watch the show when you watch him do you think he is essentially until that emotion chip goes on a computer with no emotion no feeling at all or is he you know does he have emotions that he just can't put into words can't have a point of reference on understanding. Yeah, I, 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 t- my head canon tends to go to that side. I, I feel like yeah. he does, uh, and to me that just is so cool. And then they kind of talk about it during the series, right? That, that, um, you know, they, they kind of explore that they don't really know what's gonna happen. Like it, they, you know, it. I don't know. I, I just tend to, to, to on the side, stay on the side of yeah. He does know how to motion. Have he has emotions, but he doesn't know how to convey or really process through that yet. Um, which is kind of a fun, really cool sci-fi concept in itself. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. There's enough, I think, in his performance at times uh, that I think sells me on on that side of things an episode that doesn't get talked about very much maybe it's an undervalued tracks for the future I don't know is Legacy the one with Tachi R's sister oh, yeah. uh, on the planet and there's there's a moment at the end like after you know she's basically betrayed Data and um and the crew she leaves the ship and they have a, they have a discussion about it and Data the way Data reacts to it is typical Data like unemotional um straight-laced, you know, kind of blank in terms of, like, there's no hard feelings, there's no disappointment, it's just kind of, well, you did what you did. And yeah. uh, and at the end, she she gives him something, it's been a while since I watched it, so I don't remember, like, the specifics, but there's this the performance Spiner gives where he's looking at it, and it's just him in a hallway, and I, th- I think that's a moment that really drives home just in the performance and the score and the way that he's presented in that scene that he does feel. He just doesn't quite understand what he's feeling or doesn't understand that he's feeling anything at all. Like it's the, the he can't he can't process uh, the emotions that are that are already there. Um, and I think that emotion shift that he gets later on is in my headcanon you know something that just kind of unlocks what's well, already there. that yeah. ability yeah it's kind of it's there it's in the programming but that's what allows him to understand what is is happening and um be able to discuss it and you know express what he's feeling yeah um and i think like it's it's one of those things like there's there's a, another moment in the next phase when Jordy and Roe, they think they're dead, they're cloaked and running around the ship. It's an action adventure story, but the, the, the most effective part of that episode, I think, is uh, the crew kind of dealing with the possibility that Jordy and Roe are dead. And there's a scene with Picard in a turbo lift with Data, and Data is, or maybe it's Riker. I don't know. Somebody's with Data, and Data's talking about Jordy. Yeah. Um, talking about the friendship. And uh, the, the friendship with Jordy is another huge huge element of Data's character, I think. Yeah. Maybe ju- maybe just as important as Picard's like mentor relationship. Um, and when you hear, you know, somebody talking about a friend like that, uh, 
yeah, it's hard to imagine somebody feeling or you know coming up with things like that without having a feeling, <laughs> without like something in them, yeah. like clicking with with with. Um, so yeah, th- th- those kinds of things, those kinds of moments definitely have me firmly on the side of. I think I think he has more emotion than he lets on and just yeah. doesn't doesn't know it, doesn't even realize it. Um, and I find that more interesting than he's just a computer yeah. <laughs> with arms and legs. He yeah. doesn't really feel anything. I think that's that that's one way to go. And I think Spiner's performance is just way too nuanced and way too complicated to allow that to be how I realize when I'm watching, you know, like that, I, th- I think Spiner just brings way, way too much to the table for it to be simply, this is something with no emotions at all. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. And I think that that changes the, that's why maybe the TNG is, is so rewatchable because there are at the moments like that, just sprinkled in, uh, that you kind of, kind of wonder like you know does he yes does he have emotions you know this it's one of those things where uh just cool to see yeah for sure um again mamos says i think he learned about emotions over time through imitation and whatnot he feels differently than how humans feel yeah i think i think that's all true too i mean i definitely think a lot of the way he expresses himself comes through observation and watching you know, everybody around him experienced things yeah. and uh, emotions. So there is an, a there is a degree of imitation. Like this is what you're supposed to do. So he kind of does it. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are moments like that, like in Legacy, like I was talking about, where he's by himself, and I think there are things on his on his person and in his body language and the way he's there. It's subtle and it's almost not there at all. But there's just enough where he's not performing for anybody. He's not doing it for anybody else's benefit or doing it to fit in um, that it makes me think he there's more there than meets the eye yeah um, the, I, I kind of mentioned the Jordy friendship um, yeah do you where, where do you stand on that do you think it's one of the one of the better or where do where do what are your overall impressions of that friendship, the way that it develops, and yeah, what it brings to the table for Dave's character? It's such this such a deep friendship between them two, and uh, <laughs> and it and it's I feel like there's not one point. Maybe it's just built up over time, where you can tell that these two characters have such a deep bond and such a deep friendship. Um, you know, I feel like there's. A bunch of times where you know it's, it's, something happens with Data, something's gonna happen, or something's gonna happen with Jordy, or something like that, where they're both really concerned with each for each other's well-being and things like that. So, um, again, but I think uh, kind of back to the Picard stuff. There's there's some um, aid that Jordy gives to Data as well. Like there's some uh, not just like the friendship moments, but some great advice and things like that. Yeah. So. Um, just again, I think I totally agree with you. Just a, a, a really important kind of character for Data, uh, almost just as important as you said uh, as Picard for sure. Yeah, I think they have a unique, especially as the show gets rolling and Jordy's firmly entrenched as like the chief engineer. Uh, Data is the chief operations officer. I think um, the ops officer. I think. 
you know, his relationship with Picard is much more of like a mentor mentee kind of um, uh, kind of relationship. And Jordy's on a more level playing field. I think there are things that Jordy can help data with and can be on the same level with Jordy on that are, that are unique. The fact that they're kind of in the same place in their career, the same rank, they, a lot of their, there are a lot, how many scenes in the next generation over the course of the show in like throwaway scenes or in B plots trying to solve a technical problem or data and Jordy kind of like in engineering, working on it together. Like they're clearly like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're coworkers. They, 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 their work forces them to be together a lot of the time and there's crossover in what they do and they have to work together. So I think, um, it's a natural pairing. And I also think a huge component of it, the reason that it works so well for me is that these are two individuals who had to overcome something. Jordy, it's his, you know, lack of his blindness. Yeah. He needs the visor. He's kind of dependent on, um, you know, a piece of technology to, to really, you know, do everything he's he's capable of doing. Um, he's and, and I think he's had to fight through kind of adversity and each other a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. they relate relate to each other because they both had to struggle to get to where they are, and they both uh, have to overcome, um, you know, uh, some sort of a a challenge in their ability to get to where they are. Like I think I think it didn't come easy for either one of them, and. Um, in, in, in their own kind of ways, you know, the, the certain, certainly like the academic stuff, the book smart stuff, data, I'm sure came as easy as it can come to anybody because of his capabilities, not a human being. He doesn't have to really learn, but the human interaction stuff doesn't at all for data. Like that stuff is not easy and that's struggle. And, um, I think, I think the yin and yang of their relationship really works well and i think it, it, dave is capable of getting things from jordy that he's not that don't that won't come as easily from Riker or card even like he, he gets a lot of things from card like we're going to talk about i'm sure but um jordy it, it comes at it from a more uh equal place i think in terms of friend like true friend and not as much maybe mentor mentor um, mentee, yeah or father figure even yeah yeah um sorry a father kind of situation yeah yeah uh when it comes to the picard uh dynamic um i mean it's it's yeah what, what comes to mind for you? Like what, what's... the end of season one, uh, when he's like, you know, they they, they, they go to the service uh, <clears throat> for Tasha, and then the like Data's like asking these questions, and that's kind of the I don't know if that's the first time, but that's kind of a really deep time where a deep emotional time where Data's like trying to work through some things, obviously, but that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Um, yeah. How that kind of relationship starts off. Um, that's definitely a huge moment in the early days of the show. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the one of the better executed. I think in season one, and that's a whole discussion too. I think Data is probably one of the characters that is most benefited from. I think improved writing over time. I think in the early days, of season one, he's a little simple as far as like yeah. a lot of this dialogue comes from a place of, well, what is that word? Well, you know, what, what do you mean by that? And like not understanding like real basics and 
little too a lot on of the humor, nose. Yeah. Trying to lie, lie on the nose stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is an Android who doesn't understand, doesn't know. Yeah. Um, where I think um, Skin of Evil might be one of the first points where that kind of discussion happens in a way that really works. It, it's 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 serious. It's it's uh, it's well executed. It's not done for laughs. Um, I think that kind of sets the tone for the kinds of discussions that we see those two characters have for the next six years. Uh, yeah. You know, processing an event or an emotion or a situation. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's also some early stuff in the holodeck uh, where they kind of explore that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it just um, that really kind of kicks off the mentor-mentee, I guess, maybe father-figure uh, kind of relationship they have with um, each other. Uh, and then it kind of just kind of flows right into um, yeah, the rest of the series, I guess. Yeah, it does. It, it becomes one of the staples of, of the show. I think um, there are so many examples of things like uh, Picard teaching Data about, uh, you know, there's that scene in the beginning of The Defector when Data is playing it's Henry V yeah. um, on the holodeck. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it's just a it's a way to unlock a conversation about humanity and something specific about human nature. Um, there's so many examples of that throughout the show uh, that that come in small scenes, big episodes that are really driven by these kinds of things and Data's character. Um, but it's so woven into the the, the fabric of the show uh, that it's, it's one of the essential elements of Data's character for sure. Um, that relationship card. Um, yeah, I think um, what about at the end of the series I just watched Descent pretty recently which is the cliffhanger from 6 to 7 and that's, at the, that's the point when the emotion chip kind of comes into play uh, they don't use it until generations but he gets his hands on it from lore and that and they kind of decide to put it in a box and wait until he's ready and continue yeah. to do research on it and not, not plug it in right away and not destroy it either like they're going to kind of keep it uh, well, in generations he decides to do it yeah um, but what do you think? Yeah. Good. Well, that's just a, such a data move, though. I mean, he sees what it's, it's capable of. He doesn't want to become, you know, just a, a maniac, mad, bad, mustache-twirling guy. But uh, right. uh, I like that they don't do it right away. I like that they... Um, it's, it's, it's really true to that character to really uh, kind of sit back and analyze and, and still continue be to cautious. be cautious and continue to be um, true to that character, which is cool because I think um, that chip does unlock a lot of uh, things for that character. Um, but I think they, uh, they kind of stay true, uh, I guess, uh, kind of keep it the same. Yeah, but his first instinct in Descent is to vaporize it. <laughs> he sits yeah. on his desk and he's pulling a phaser out. He's gonna he's gonna blow it away uh, because he's afraid that it, it's gonna do to him what it did to Lore. He, he's kind of yeah. assuming that um, the emotion, and, and he's also dealing with the one emotion that kind of got unlocked in him by Lore um, at the beginning of that story was anger, and uh, he, he didn't 
so he, he hasn't felt anything else. Uh, and that, the descent is an interesting episode for me. Part one of descent really is about data feeling emotion for the first time and feeling and, and having that first emotion be anger. Like despite they're on this away mission, they get attacked by the Borg and he kills a Borg and enjoys it. <laughs> like his first experience with emotion is getting angry and enjoying killing somebody. Yeah. Um, and that scares him. Um, and it scares the crew too. Uh, and he tries me. to, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. freaky. Um, and there's this whole scene. He's, he's talking to Deanna about trying to replicate other emotions and other feelings using the holodeck. He puts himself in different positions and tries to replicate all kinds of things yeah. to, to, to see if other emotions can be triggered. And he's worried that the only emotion that he can experience is anger um, and maybe some pleasure at following up with the anger. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good stuff. I think that's some of the most important data pieces uh, in the series. Uh, part two, I think, becomes a more kind of traditional uh, bad guy kind of story with lore and the Borg and mm-hmm. not as into that. I think part one's far superior to part two, but uh, there's there's some really important stuff that kicks off and that's what make, makes him want to vaporize. He wants to destroy the emotion chip because he's afraid that that's all it's going to do. He yeah. doesn't want to re- repeat that. He... he, he um, the 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 um in part two he's torturing Jordy and that kills him. He doesn't want any part of that. He wants to destroy anything that had anything to do with putting him in that position. Um, so that you know it, there's a lot of Jordy friendship there. Yeah, uh, getting explored too. Um, so yeah, you're right. His his initial instinct is to not do it to, yeah. to, to hold off, but in generations he does do it, and um. I think there are some mixed opinions on the success of that movie and the way that it uses the emotional stuff. Yeah. I think that's th- th- there was a strong push to do something big with the character for uh, the motion picture, the first Star Trek The Next Generation movie. You know, Jordy's certainly, I mean, Data is certainly a, a huge character in The Next Generation, one of the more iconic figures in the show. And I think for the movie, they wanted to do something big for him. Um, and that was certainly a big choice. Uh, I think the push was also for it to bring in some comedic relief some laughs for the movie uh, they're, 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 that movie uses that to try to generate some humor um, I mean yeah. we've talked about Generations a whole lot and I don't know how recently watched it um, but do you, do you have memories of how you felt about the way that that movie uses Data and introducing the emotion chip and yeah. seeing that different version of Data I, I probably wasn't I know I'm not a big fan of that but I, it's tough because uh, you have this incredible actor like we've seen uh, <clears throat> Brent Spiner flexes his his you know his actor prowess uh, throughout the series uh, but to really change that character uh, I don't know I yeah I'm just not a fan of it I think it's just a, a, maybe a step too far. Um, I, I'm definitely on board with the emotion ship, but maybe just uh, could have taken it. I mean, you can't go, go back, I guess. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I think generations they misstepped. I think they went a little too far. I think. Yeah. Uh, I certainly respect the desire to. to swing to the fences with characters a little bit, find ways to do big things that they weren't necessarily free to do on the TV show. I think on the TV show, they were always, especially in 
the early 90s, afraid to pull the rug out from under a character and have like a major change happen in the course of the show. Like the, the changes in characters were, were, were done much more gradually, slow burn kinds of yeah. pieces of character development, not like radical shifts. And OK, this character is, is you know, 180 now. Um, yeah, where you, you leave the TV show and you go into a movie, it's a little easier to maybe sell a uh, a big shift like that. Why couldn't we um, just do a ninety degree or like a forty five degree turn, just a little bit, not you know, complete? Well, I think you know, in, in first contact, I think they use the emotion chip much better i think i you know i'm sure that the headcanon reason for you know for that is years have gone by you know generations is its first it's it's brand new and he's processing it for the first time so yeah it's a lot it's it's, it's malfunctioning it, there's there is a really good scene i think in the in the astrometrics lab where he wants to have it ripped out of him um because he doesn't like what it's making him feel and card and data have to have this big conversation about you can't just turn it off like people yeah. don't turn off their emotions and True. You know, first contact he does he, he has the ability to turn it on and off as, as he needs to um but i think i think in first contact they found a way to to use it more to the advantage of the character it's there it does in, in it allows for some comedic moments but they don't overplay it he can turn it on and off. He turns it off when they're getting ready to deal with the Borg, and then the Borg Queen turns it on on him yeah. when he really doesn't want it on. Like there, there are good moments made available through the uh, the emotion chip in First Contact. I think the writers found a way to make it work uh, much more effectively in that movie than they did in general. Yeah. Um, and then in the other two, I think in Insurrection, it, they they like write it out right away. Like he malfunctions at the beginning of the movie, and they have to. It's turned off, and I think in Nemesis they don't even acknowledge that it. Yeah, that got exists. Right <laughs> Yeah, either it's not on anymore, or uh, he's he's gotten so used to it that it's it's there, but it's it's subtle. Like he's in command of it. So yeah, that was my next uh, question. Was uh, in the Picard series? Do you think he still has it, or did he turn it on, or is? But I guess. Well, in, well, in the Picard series, he's. It's it's not physically him, right? It's it's um in in the the finale. Physically, he's no. Kind of. Yeah. He's yeah. He's just a he's a kind of a projection of of data, um, and I think that's even up for debate. Is it how? So I don't want to get too into the weeds with the. the inner workings of that episode and like the the Picard episode basically uh, but yeah, I think it's open for debate on, on is it actually like a projection of data that is data consciously conversing with Picard or is it Picard's is it a is it just a Picard thing in this simulation yeah. um, is it Picard just letting data go and having the conversation in his head that he, he's needed to have for all these years or is there actually a piece of data in the simulation that while Picard was like in there, he could he could converse with. I think that's something that people will debate, and they're never going to give a conversation clear answer for another on. day, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a conversation for another day. But uh, yeah, I the, the important thing there, I think, though, is that it gets to how deeply that relationship resonated for Picard. Uh, at least, I, I think the, the impact that Data's. Uh, presence had on Picard was far greater than he would ever let on in the show or even in the movies. I think by the time we get to Picard, he's had to live with losing data for all that time. Yeah. It's become 
it's uh yeah uh we're breaking up apparently but i guess we're back so cool apologies to anybody who might be watching in addition to ak mamel we may have had some turbulence on the periscope feed but the recording will be clean on youtube um hopefully so uh yeah i mean i i think i think the card as season really the whole first season is really about the, the, the depth of that friendship and relationship yeah um So what what episodes uh, we kind of already talked? Are there episodes that kind of come to mind for you? You think of data or there? Data's day. What what are the highlights? Data's day is a huge one. Um, Yeah. Great day in the life. Yeah. Uh, Quality of life or is that the the quality of life? I can't remember the specific. uh, But that one definitely comes to mind. Obviously, um, uh, the offspring. um, Yeah. In, in theory, yeah, a bunch of uh, theory, yeah, peak performance, uh, just a bunch of g- good episodes, and I think, um, again, there's there's some good stuff of, of him exploring his humanity, but there's also some really good stuff, um, like moments that he's had. Obviously, there's some good stuff in, in uh, peak performance, but yeah, those are probably the episodes that come to mind for me. Um, I do like Elementary Tier Data. Um, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, fistful of datas. I mean, there's there's some good, mm-hmm. really good episodes in my mind. Um, I think at least as far as this whole uh, kind of uh, series that we've been going through, I think we've done a really good job of like we've done some main characters like we did Trip Tucker, obviously, uh, and I think that's maybe data where data falls uh, into kind of the bigger characters that we tackled, but. Um, we've also tackled some smaller, not so, t- not so talked about characters as well, Pulaski and Cass. But uh, yeah, sorry to get back <laughs> uh, to yeah. the episodes. Um, yeah, those are kind of the, the episodes that come to mind for me right away. Specific episodes. I know we kind of talked about earlier moments, but yeah. Yeah, aka Mabel mentions Genesis, Birthright Part One, and Phantasms. Birthright uh, Part One and Phantasms for sure. Yes. I think with the dream stuff, and th- that's the thing. I think Data's character at the end of the day, what it really allows for is exploring like the basics of humanity in a way that, like I kind of said at the beginning, would be difficult to talk about in a way that's credible. Like it, yeah. to, to talk about such basic things like dreaming, like the absolute fundamentals of relationships and dating the way that in theory kind of breaks down the very basics of like, what is it to be in a relationship and what's, what's good about it? What's bad about it? What's difficult about it? What's challenging about it? What's beneficial about it? Yeah. Like those things are kind of, how do you, how do you do that with two regular human characters <laughs> of really any age and just have two people like those conversations don't usually like happen on face value very easily. People find those things out through experience and through observation and through what we see here you know, with taking the, their lumps. In the show. You see it with data. Yeah. Data does try these things and you yeah. see him experience these things, but it also allows for more frank, honest, open <laughs> conversations that, that you're not easily gonna get to in other in other ways. I mean you get like father son kinds of things. You can see like Cisco talking to Jake and Deep Space Nine about girls and dating and like that stuff happens, but that's different. I mean I think I think there's 
I think the way that it's discussed with data is on even more like 101 basic level of like, what does it mean in terms of humanity? Like what about our human connection with each other? Like the, there's a there's a definite difference in the way that those kinds of human experiences are explored and discussed and approached with the way data experiences them. Yeah. Um, like the dreaming uh, uh, with phantasms and birthright, uh, dating and relationships and in theory. Yeah. Um, par- like the parenting and having children in the offspring. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there, there's a ton of it. I mean, just go through an episode. A lot of them are about that at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I so, I like that style. Yeah. I like the essential, the 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 bare bones, the straight to the point type of of way they can convey that. Because I I feel like yeah. I can get a little bit overcomplicated at times with with people yeah. exploring things with not just humanity but other things. Uh, so it's sure. really refreshing to see like straight it to is. the point, like just black and white almost which to me it fits the character it does fit yeah. the character because so. he needs it to be black and white he doesn't yeah. understand the nuance he doesn't understand the the more complicated you know subtle things about it he just wants to hear like what's what's good what's bad like what are the what are the yeah. what are the what are the ones and zeros of this? Um, it is or it isn't. Um, it's it's really simple. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. It is. It's it's refreshing. It's refreshingly straightforward and simple the way that those conversations happen with data. Um, they they get boiled down to the very basics in in really interesting ways. Yeah. Um, so, are you satisfied with his arc? The way that the character. Big time. I think runs? it's 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 definitely. Uh, it's that's changed though. I wasn't before Picard, and I think this mm-hmm. Picard has really done a good job of really satisfying that ending, uh, in a in a way that kind of makes sense to me. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely satisfied. There is an arc there. I love uh, that we do have an arc. People quote, you know, '90s Trek isn't serialized or anything like that. I think it is because there's evidence here that that this character changes over time with the exploration of humanity and his relationships with the crew uh, and then kind of culminating kind of at the end with Picard. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Picard really does <clears throat> benefit Data's arc because it, it feels... It, Nemesis doesn't feel like such a... Depending on your feelings on Nemesis, if you, if you love Nemesis and you're a fan of the movie, you know, maybe it's not as big of an issue, but for... for those of us who found that movie to be not entirely satisfying, the, the having Nemesis not be the the final note on not just Data, but now Picard too, and the, the the way that we process the loss of Data and like the I think I think it just makes the entire thing a little bit more satisfying. The the, the, the depth of the loss is explored. Yeah. The, the meaning that he brought to Picard's life is explored. The way that he impacted others, having those conversations like in pieces where not only the Soji asked Picard, tell me about data, that the, the, the follow-up question of what, is, what would data see in you and Picard having to reflect on that, like th- those kinds of conversations are really meaningful and I think drive home data's impact on other people. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. I think his arc, I think his arc was successful through the next generation specifically. Uh, you know, his, his continued striving for more humanity I think 
watching him in Encounter at Farpoint, watching him in All Good Things, you do see a change. You see more, just more there. I think he has developed a lot over the course of the seven seasons. But I think Picard improves the fullest fullness of it the, through the movies and to the end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, full picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. Aka Mamel agrees. A butterfly that lives forever is not a butterfly. Absolutely. That's a, a human that from, lives forever, isn't it? A human. Really a human. Yeah, exactly. Whew. And we talked about in Times Arrow, um, the, the, there's that, the, the, the beauty of that thing at the end of Picard, Data asks Picard, turn me off. Like, and he goes over, he talks about that, like the, the sort of last piece that he needs to <laughs> have in his humanity is is to, to have it end. You know, nothing nothing lasts forever. Yeah. And uh, in Time's Arrow, he has that scene with Jordy kind of being comforted by the idea that he won't outlive all of his friends forever. That, that other people will outlive and remember him. And that that being followed up on, watching that scene in Time's Arrow is so much more powerful. No. Wow. That yeah. that's where it ends up. And that that is true. And that he feels that even to the end years and years later that that's something that's still within data um yeah i I think i think it's really well done and he's way up i haven't done what jim morehouse has done over on trek ranks with the overall character rankings which everybody should go check out it's great uh you have to dig through trekranks.com to 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 see what he did there but um if I were to do that, data would be pretty high on my, I don't, I don't know, top three, top five. I don't know how high he would get, but he's, he'd be in that conversation for that way upper tier. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't drop very far. That's for sure. For me. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that as well. <sighs> yeah. And I think Spiner is one of the better actors to ever come across Star Trek too, because of the difficulty Big of the time. performance. I mean, when you, when you factor, all that together, like everything that he has to accomplish, and the way that he got people to feel like to make it credible for Picard to feel that loss, the way that he did at the end of Picard, or when you first see Picard in Star Trek Picard, with like a, the, for, for for a character to make that big of an emotional other people, and who's to do supposed it, to have an emotionless, very logical, right. kind of right? It's crazy. Yeah. To have to convey all of that feeling and all of that impression on other people without expressing emotion through traditional ways and to be human in all the ways that everybody else is. Yeah. It's an incredible achievement. I think Brent Spiner is at the top of the list in terms of level of difficulty for the performance that he gives, kind of like uh, right, right there with Nemo, I think, in terms of Big time. really having to carve out a, a fresh corner of the Star Trek universe and you know having, having to do a, a really challenging thing in terms of the performance yeah yeah I mean we know he's talented I mean look masks <laughs> yeah. a bunch of other like he plays uh, other characters in the show too. oh yeah it's just this little day is the same thing he plays all those different yeah uh, western characters in, in the Holic program yeah uh, yeah he, he, he does it all I mean one of the things you find if you watch a lot of like behind the scenes stuff and interviews with the cast, Patrick Stewart especially, yeah, you know, when he when he talks a lot of these interviews, when he talks about Spiner, he 
the, the, the admiration and the respect that he has for that performance is yeah. clear as day when he talks about Brent Spiner. I think he I think he's in awe of what he accomplished and yeah. the, the different things that he had to do over the course of the show was was uh, on another level kind of from what most actors ever have to do really I think. Um, yeah so closing thoughts anything you want to wrap up with on the data front um I don't think so I um I really enjoy this character. Uh, I think there's there's so much on the table to be explored with this character, obviously, through seven seasons, dozens of movies, uh, another show. Um, just a uh, really fantastic character. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. yeah, couldn't agree more. Definitely one of the best. Top of the line makes TNG as great as it is. I think he's a huge component of TNG success. Um, and yeah. Next week, we're going to be back with um, our next episode in our fantasy draft series. Yes. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to be doing a fantasy draft of all two part episodes across all the shows. So you're going to see a draft board that includes things like the menagerie, um, past tense, you know, past tense, unification, yeah. scorpion, your hell, shockwave, uh, such sweet sorrow from discovery. It's all going to be there. If it's got part one and part two on it, it's going to be one of the options. And we're going to go, I think there are 29 of them. Um, we're going to go 10 rounds. So we're each going to end up with 10. There's going to be nine left undrafted. Um, and we're really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be. It's going to be tough. There's a lot of good stuff there. Good stuff there. Uh, there are some huge classics that are in that mix. Uh, that's why we're going to go 10 rounds. I think it's going to take quite a few rounds to get through the, like, well, who, who wouldn't want this? Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. Like, to get through the really thick and thin of, like, the upper, upper tier yeah. Star Trek stuff. And then you're going to get into a more middle tier, I think, where it's, it's a more mileage may vary kind of a situation where the classics are all gone, but there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good there, um, but it's going to come down to preference. You know what, what speaks more to you, and which series maybe you're more feeling. Yeah. Uh, even th- th- so, there's going to be representation from all the shows except for Lower uh, Lower Decks, which doesn't have a part one, part two. Uh, Card's got one. Discovery's got two now. Three. 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 Discovery's got three. Part one and two. Yep. Uh, uh, including that hope is you, which was a whole thing. <laughs> it's it's technically a part it's one. It's technically and part two, you, you really said it, any episode that has part one and part <laughs> We're two. We're gonna do it. But uh, yeah. Yep. We're gonna do it, but it's 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 definitely the uh, the outlier, the unique one of the bunch. Uh, yeah. But because it's got part one, part two, we're not gonna cut it out. Um, but we're really looking forward to that. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. We've done quite a few. I think this will be our sixth or seventh one. But they've all been to this point uh, from a season or the movies. We've been movies too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, doing like from individual seasons. But this is gonna be our first foray into. It's gonna be big. Like yeah. Yeah. Doing doing cross series. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if you're if you're interested in that, do your homework. Keep an eye. Uh, you know, go over to Memory Alpha and take a look at all the part one, part two episodes, and try to do some try to do some legwork on which ones you you would prioritize and 
you know, it's it's always fun. Like it's it's easy and it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting, but it's easier to like think of the shows as individual entities and to do favorites from TNG and favorites from Deep Space Nine and favorites from Voyager. It gets a little more dicey and gets a lot more challenging yeah. when you start throwing them all together and trying to like parse out, you know, which do I prefer, the Menagerie or terra firma from discovery you know like when you start mixing in like extreme difference yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a different kind of debate so no aka mamel we're not going to do you we're, we're that could be with, a whole thing in itself <laughs> that's yeah yeah that's i i see where you're going with that because there are examples of two-part or three stories part. that have different titles or three-part stories with different titles but for the purposes of this video we're only going to put on the draft board as options episodes that have part one and part two with the same title yep. in the arsenal um and it's just two parts part one part two yeah so yeah the, the improbable cause of dice cast is out um the uh the, the enterprise there's a couple of enterprise options in there that we kind of work uh they're out too um discussions for another day yes so, yeah yeah uh start wrapping up i guess um you guys know the drill the discussion does not have to stop here um twitter discord probably the two best ways uh yeah. keep the discussion going um yeah I think that's yeah it. looking forward to it um next week we'll be back with fantasy draft the two-part episodes yep. and um That'll do it for this week. Yep. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.